0: Land mine. isn't
1: that crazy the Bush administration was very successful at, at using um, the media and 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 using its public platform to, to basically push a particular narrative and to to sort of get the country on board especially given the the very you know uh, understandable kind of emotional um, reaction to that attack so I think for a long time I mean it's, it's like we're seeing with this Ukraine war now you um, that that was the, the we saw that first in war on terror, this kind of um uh, uh conformity, this this refusal to sort of uh deviate from the established line lest you get accused of being, you know, a, a traitor or for the terrorists or pro Saddam or whatever. Um, you know, people didn't want to speak out and you, you didn't want to be accusing the president of the United States uh of potentially, you know, uh Having you know let this thing happen, or being friends with someone who, who played a leading role in letting it happen um that that would get you you know um, you'd lose a TV show you you'd, you'd be run out of polite society so i think I think all the incentives were basically there to to, to make this just not be an issue, but obviously those um those families of the nine eleven victims kept pushing and pushing and, and I think this stuff really it, it was their uh, victory in court that really um, opened the door to this. And, and, you know, I think we're going to see more revelations. God knows what's going to be in those, but, but we're going to find out more in, in the years to come. And, and as we should, it's been a very long time coming.
2: Yeah, I remember that Ward Churchill got fired from a tenured professorship for saying uh, something to the effect that it was the chickens coming home to roost, right? Yeah. But then Hillary Clinton later said in Congress, like, yeah we, you know we created the the, the mujahideen that grew you know al Qaeda grew out of that, which is essentially just the same thing as saying that it, the chickens coming home to roost, right I mean you in a, in a, in
0: Church know a, a, Churchill also called the people in the World Trade Center little likeness, so yeah. it was a little more inflammatory than just uh chickens coming home to roost yes that part that
2: part is is not quite as easy to yeah I, mean, I don't I dis- dislike all of those people too, but I don't think I think it's bad they're bad enough. You don't have to use hyperbole to like. Right, exactly. But um, I mean, I, I agree that with in thinking of the propaganda blitz with Ukraine and how it has so stupefied people and erased any historical memory, uh, if there ever was much uh, from from people really. And then thinking of nine eleven, like you'd see how stupefied people are over Ukraine, which most people don't know where it is. And there's no spectacular, uh, you know. Event to catalyze uh this the way that nine eleven was, then like I, I used, you do understand this the power of this propaganda machine, and with nine eleven because with nine eleven it was even more powerful because it was on U.S. soil, and so you know, correcting thinking about that in the context of how you've gotten people, everybody with Ukraine flags in their on their social media accounts when they don't even know didn't know where Ukraine was before, might not even know now, and still have it. I mean, it's. It's pretty it's pretty wild. Uh, ben, you've done a lot of r- writing in this area. We did these pieces last September or mm-hmm. before last September. Um, and, and you wrote a good bit about Al Bayoumi. Was there anything that you did not know? I mean, other than like knowing what the FBI had in these reports, is there anything that's come out that was new to you or what is new to you about this? Or how, what do you make of these new revelations?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's similar to when the 28 pages came out, where it was sort of, we knew what was going to be in there before those were released, really. And I think it's similar. It's great to get confirmation of what the FBI is saying, and it's sort of, it's great to get the government sort of on the record saying this is what they know. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of the details of this, for instance, one of the most crucial elements, which is the payments from Bandar to Bayumi, that's been known, that was reported by Michael Lisakoff in Newsweek in, in December of 2002. Right, so that's been known for an extremely long time. Now, what Bandar and his and also there were payments from Bandar's wife as well. Now, what they said about it at the time was that these were charity payments, and that they make these kinds of payments to Saudi nationals all the time, et cetera. To get confirmation from the FBI that they know for a fact that these were payments for services rendered, that's great to know. But of course, you know, we don't need we didn't take Bandar at his word at that point in time when when he was making those claims about these being charity payments. So. I in the one sense it's not it's not really new um you know it was already we can already make these uh kinds of assumptions given the information you know another important element was his was Bayoumi's job at uh Dalla Avco which is a uh Saudi aviation services firm which was a which was called by FBI informants and these were documents that came out uh, I believe in 2016 uh, it was a ghost job, right? It was a job where he didn't have, you know, what was he doing for a Saudi aviation services firm in San Diego, right? He didn't have anything to do. And, of course, the payments he was getting from Dalla Avco went up just before Khalid Al-Madar and Nawaf al-Hazmi arrived in the United States, right? It increased from something like a $500 stipend to, to much more than that, something in the in the realm of $2,000 or $1,500 a month. Um, so the the if you know what to look for when you're looking for uh, intelligence activity, um, the signs were already there right these false jobs, these payments, um, these sorts of things were already present and certainly of course obviously I mean w- the FBI was working from a lot of the same information that that you know the public was that that had these documents so I think it was pretty clear what was what was happening here So it does it is interesting to me um, the way that this information has come out because it does seem to be a, a, some kind of, um, uh, it's hard to understand, given the given the caginess that the media has had around the Saudi uh, relationship with the with the alleged hijackers. The, the way that it's come out in this way has been very curious to me. Um, even in, um, I think it was, I think ProPublica's big story about Operation Encore, which was the FBI's uh, post 9 11 investigation into Bayoumi, uh, that came out on on September eleventh. Um, again, these this kind of thing uh, is is um, it's just very interesting, the way, that, the way that this is like this slow trickle. Um, but a, another aspect of it that is very interesting to me is what is not discussed um, and what is left out of the story, despite it also being public knowledge, uh, which is that the, the CIA knew the identities of these two people, Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Madar. Uh, while while and, and knew that they were probably in the United States and concealed that information intentionally from the FBI, and and held on to it until the attacks happened. I mean, they knew those names. Uh, you know, you have you have senior people in the CIA's Al Qaeda uh, Bin Laden unit, the Alex Station, uh, sending cables naming Khalid Al madar asking if they can inform the FBI. Uh, And the the person who sent that particular memo in July of 2001, Tom Wilshire, uh, he was the person who had ordered the FBI to not be informed about the fact that Khalid Al-Madar was coming into the United States. Um, So it's not exactly a uh, non sequitur to start talking about CIA complicity because it's precisely these two men who were being handled by Omar Al-Bayoumi, Khalid Al-Madar and Nawaf Al-Hazmi, um, who are really the most obvious examples of of CIA foreknowledge in some or CIA complicity in some way, shape, or form. And that, I mean, the key details of that story, um, you can read, I mean, footnote forty four of chapter six of the 9 eleven Commission report has the most important details, or, or at least a lot of the important details. I mean, that's right there in the 9 eleven commission report. I, I mean, I would think that people who are who are you know studying this story would be familiar with that. Um, but it doesn't get mentioned in any of the news articles. It really focuses on, uh, on Omar al-Bayoumi, um, despite the fact that the, this, uh, this CIA element is, is also right there. Uh, and of course, that brings into question Bandar's relationship with, with George Tenet and, and things of that nature, which um, also open up an entirely different realm of, of questioning.
2: That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com americanexception American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. Empire.